Life Audio. Hey friend, do you ever feel like the busyness of life makes it hard to slow down and truly connect with Jesus? Do your priorities and passions feel jumbled and out of whack? Then join me this summer on my podcast, How to Study the Bible, as we dive into Spiritual Rhythms, a six-week series that will lead us through six spiritual rhythms to help us slow down and make space for Jesus in the busyness of everyday life. To guide us, I've put together a free downloadable six-week study available at NicoleUnis.com slash spiritual practices. The study will walk us through God's word as we learn to embrace daily practices that draw us closer to Jesus. Each week on the podcast, we'll walk through one spiritual rhythm that helps us discover how to spend intentional time with God, align our passions and balance our priorities, and make time and space for restfulness and celebration. Download Spiritual Rhythms for free today at NicoleUnis.com slash spiritual practices, and I'll see you on How to Say the Bible. Hey everyone, welcome back to How to Study the Bible. I'm your host, Nicole, and we're just we're just two gals with two Bibles, and we're excited to be with you guys today. You probably think you might be wondering, like, wow, you guys are having a lot of fun, and we really are. I think that there's a lot about the spiritual life that can come across as very serious, and of course, we have to deal with serious things in our nature and in our humanity, but the kingdom of heaven is also a place of joy, and I think it's important that we come to scripture and we're expectant and we believe that God wants to show up for us, that he wants to reveal things to us, that like Rachel said last time, we don't need a PhD to understand what the golden rule means. And so we're going to wrap up this Following Jesus 101 series today in Matthew chapter 7. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com. To join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. 
Rachel, welcome back to the show. It's good to be back. Let's awesome. do it. Let's land the plane. I'm I know. Let's, on the mount, let's huh? do it. Although, I mean, can you ever land the plane? Definitely. On a certain, no. I mean, <laughs> this is, I really, I, I have been more convicted in this series of how much time I want to spend reading the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. It just, every time I read it, something different stands out. Like, it just, it's so interesting to me. Yeah, I, I think for a long time, I just kind of avoided it because that was like the, you know, the Jesus sermon. So everybody was into it. Yeah. And so I finally got actually really started studying it. And sure enough, it's it'll get you. I mean, it, it is really rich and profound. And the, the longer you're in it, the more you realize you're just getting started. <laughs> I think, too, that there's so much in life that is complicated, right? I mean, we're our news feeds, our social media feeds, what we hear from, depending on sort of what you're listening to, the the fearful sort of side that you might be hearing coming out of Christians. And that can get really confusing. And we can feel pretty ambivalent about life and about how we enter in. And what the Sermon on the Mount does is it gives us this clearinghouse of like, this is what Jesus wants us to know. This is what Jesus wants us to know about following him. And in some ways, this is a very, um, a way, an easygoing way of moving through the world. And in other ways, it's a very high bar on how we move through the world, sort of depending on where God meets you. You know, this is, this is our God who says that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is our God who says, you know, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And then he says, here is how you can walk through this world with me. Right. So we're in seven. We're going to do just a couple of verses today. So, Rach, I wonder if you would read. Would you pray for us as we open the scripture together? And would you then read the couple of verses that we're going to be looking at today from Matthew chapter seven? I would love to pray for us. Lord, we want to to listen and obey. We want your spirit to come into our hearts and do a new thing in us and through us. And so come, Holy Spirit, would you reveal to us something new, Lord, about who you are and who you've created us to be Mm. in your name? Amen. 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 All right. Shall I? Yes, please. So we're in Matthew 7, verse 13. Enter through the narrow gates, for the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction, and there are many who take it. For the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life, and there are few who find it. And so with that, Nicole, I want to ask you Mm -hmm. the question that you asked me when we started this whole thing. And what do you feel when you read that? I mean, I feel I actually feel a lot of things because my first question is, is this a passage about salvation? Like, is Mm -hmm. this Jesus saying there's two ways to move through this life and there's this wide road that when like I wonder what destruction means in this passage? Does Mm -hmm. it mean you're going to make bad choices or is it actually talking about the status of our soul? You know, Mm -hmm. so that's my my first question, of course, is that. And then I'm also like a little bit, I don't know, maybe my I'm a little vigilant. I'm thinking, okay, so a lot of people take that road and only a few take this other road. How do I know that I have found the road? Is the only way to know if I have trouble, you know, that it's difficult or yeah. so yeah, it just it lends itself to a lot of questions. Hmm. I know my truthfully, my first reaction when really kind of reading through this was Clearly, Jesus did not go to seminary because everybody in seminary knows you're never supposed to end a sermon this mopey, like you're supposed to end on a high, you know, and then Jesus lands the greatest sermon ever with some pretty, pretty hard words. Yeah. So that was my first response, but it's the Lord. So, you know, we can we can work with that. But in some of my kind of backstory digging, Jesus is actually taking his cue from what happens in the law, because when the law is presented, there are blessings and curses. And so so this happens to Deuteronomy and Leviticus. And just to give you a feel, because God is consistent, 
This is what comes out of Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Mm. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, Mm. loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him. Mm. So I think that's kind of the tone that we get. But but. This is going to be some intense stuff. Jesus is not going to not going to hold back. Well, and it makes sense when you read that, right? Because we know when and when Rachel talks about the law, the law, capital L law, is the Old Testament. And so remember that when Jesus was speaking, he's speaking to people who understand the law as it was written about what it looks like to follow God, right? Mm. And so Jesus is taking the law and he's fulfilling it. He's completing it. He's addressing the spirit of the law. It makes a lot of sense that he would then set up two choices, just like in Deuteronomy, I set before you blessings and curses. Now, what I like is that if we're walking, so to speak, through these gates with Jesus, the next passages kind of illuminate more of what the wide and narrow roads look like. So he's not just leaving us with this vague concept where we're asking ourselves, well, I I think he actually is. I think it's a provocative way of making you ask the question, how do I know I'm on the right road? Mm -hmm. And then, first of all, all of the Sermon on the Mount is helping you know if you're on the right road. Second of all, what comes very, very next in this passage gives us a little bit of a sense of what would that look like, right? And he's giving us some very clear directives directives to know, how do you know who you're journeying with on your road? Yeah. So so I have a theory. Can I share my theory? Yeah, please do. So if you look at these final verses, the Sermon on the Mount, I think this is one section. You have the narrow and the wide gates, Mm -hmm. and then you have these, he talks about false prophets Mm -hmm. as as a good and bad tree, trees Mm -hmm. that bear fruits. And then he's going to talk about how not everybody who calls him Lord will enter the kingdom. And then he illustrates that with the house built on the rock versus the house built on the sand. Mm-hmm. If you ever did time in Sunday school, there's a song, you know, uh, that has to do with that. So here's what I think is happening, though. I think that uh, so we have two gates, we have two prophets, and we have two fates of the righteous and the wicked. Right. I think Jesus is actually reprising Psalm 1 like he did when we started the Beatitudes way back. Where, right? We The blessed are the poor in spirit makes us think of Psalm 1. Okay. It's that word, right, going the right road, going the right way. When you recognize you need God, you're in the, going the right direction into God's kingdom. Mm. But if you walk through Psalm 1, here, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can, can lay out my theory for you real okay, fast. Great. This is what, what happens. So the verse, first verses of Psalm 1, blessed is the one who doesn't walk in step with the wicked. Or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delights on the law of the Lord, and who meditates on His law day and night. Right. And in Matthew, we have the two, we have the gates, right? The ways enter through the narrow gate, the gates wide, the roads easy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you have these two options: mm-hmm. the way that leads to life, the way that leads to death. And then if you go back to Psalm one, verse three, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, Ooh. which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked; they're like chaff that the wind blows away. And when Jesus talks about these false prophets, how you recognize someone mm-hmm. who's not a genuine follower of Jesus, he says, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad trees bear bad fruit. Mm-hmm. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And if you go back to Psalm 1 for the very end, therefore the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Yep. So the fate of the righteous, you the fate of the wicked. And of course, we have everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like the wise men who built his house on the rock. And of course, the rains fall down, the seas come up, and the house on the rock stands, but the house on the sand collapses. Yeah. Such will be the fate of the of, of the righteous versus the wicked. And I think that's very cool, A, because it just is. Um, <laughs> but B, I think that Jesus actually lands us in the same place at the as the end of Psalm 1 
which is this unspoken invitation. Mm. And that's what I think we're going to get to in a little bit. Yeah, I love, I mean, just for those of you guys, like, yeah, there's such a cool, it's just cool to see how the New Testament connects to the Old Testament. But I also like that this takes a little bit of the confusion out of it, right? So in the sense of, oh, how do I know I'm on the right path? Jesus makes it really clear. A lot of the ways that you know you're on the right path or or that others are is in the fruit of their life. And then what we get in the New Testament, in the pastoral letters, we have all of these ways of knowing what the fruit of the Spirit looks like. It's it's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness. We have a bar to measure ourselves upon. Like, we know what it looks like to be walking with God. And a lot of it is not... There is morality, of course, and there is a sense of like the way we live our life. But a lot of it is about our heart. A lot of it is about the posture of our heart, the character of who we are, the way we love other people. And if you pay attention to that and you're looking and following people's lives, I'm thinking of people that you might follow who are teachers, who are pastors, who are leaders. And Jesus is like, hey, you're going to know them by their fruit. So hang around long enough and you'll see what their fruit is. Now, sometimes that's very distressing. (laughs) obviously. But in reality, he's giving us a measure to say, this is what it looks like. And the people that are walking with you, this is what they would be about. If they're fear-mongering, if they're full of anxiety, if they're full of distress in the way that they view the world, that's not what good fruit actually looks like. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country, and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. And I, I find especially, and I think I'll read them starting in verse 21. I think these verses are especially convicting speaking to what you're talking about. So here, let me just read a section of it. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many deeds of power in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you evil doers. So here's what's crazy about this is not only everything that you said, but Jesus is also saying that success is not the same as fruit. Yeah. A successful ministry is not the same as fruit. That Jesus is actually pretty uninterested 
in the spectacular. Mm. And that's not to diminish, right, the rest of the New Testament talks about spiritual gifts, the charismatic gifts. I'm a big fan of them, as a matter of fact. But I think Jesus is showing us here that the more charismatic gifts, the sparkly ones, Mm. right, those may be gifts, but they are not a sign of spiritual maturity, actually. That the the real metric of following Jesus Mm. is the very unsparkly faithfulness and obedience to everything he's been talking about yeah. in the Sermon on the Mount, which is very kind of counter to our American expectations of we want something bigger and and better and more attractive. And that's and, not and quicker, is. too. Yeah. And and this also takes me to, I love all the, there's, of course, a ton, we could do a whole series on like trees in the Bible. But mm-hmm. in Isaiah 61, it says, it talks about God's people will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Do you know what does not grow fast? An oak tree. (laughs) (laughs) They don't grow fast, but when they do grow, they grow strong and they grow resilient and they can withstand storms. And they sound in a lot of ways like a living analogy of the the house that's built upon a rock. It's a rooted sense. But that kind of rooted nature of our character takes a lifetime to grow. Hmm. And I think a lot of why we can return to the Sermon on the Mount over and over again is because we're talking about a lifetime of character building that God is doing in us. And that doesn't happen fast and it's not flashy, but it is a life. You will be able to recognize a life like that over time. And you probably can think of someone right now. A lot of us have grandmas and Mm -hmm. spiritual grandpas and people in our lives that we can look at the course of their whole life and say, that person wasn't flashy and maybe they didn't have this massive ministry or platform, but they were faithful to the Lord and they have so much fruit in their lives. And to me, fruit is always about the people who've been blessed through you, the people who are walking with God because of the love that you shared, you know, that's, Hmm. that's hard to quantify, you know, but it's, it's real. And I think that's one of the things that Jesus gives us as an example of like what this narrow, beautiful road looks like. Mm -hmm. And I, I love the language Paul uses. And I think that captures really what, what you're talking about, where he talks about us being the aroma of Christ. Mm. That's such a great image. And like, I can totally think of the people in my life who smell like Jesus, Mm -hmm. like in, and that is the most kind of visceral sense, right? You're around them and they just, they're saints in the true sense of the word, mm-hmm. of, the, of the Beatitudes of recognize, because they recognize so deeply how much they need God. Mm-hmm. There's so much room in their life for grace to operate. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. that's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. I always see joy too. And I don't mean joy just in the form of happiness, but this like settled contentment that sort of sees the world from a different view. That's one of the things that always stands out to me when I'm with a real deep, mature believer Mm -hmm. um, is that. And it's so inspiring, really. It just makes me want to be more like that. It makes me want to be more like Jesus, really, which Mm -hmm. is what I think happens when we're with people like that. So let's let's talk about what this means, okay? As we wrap up, obviously there's tons of theological yeah, principles oh here, but <laughs> let's pull a couple that we're taking out from today. So what's what's one for you that you're like, yeah, at the end of the day, this is the truth that I think God has for us in this passage? I think what really struck me is, again, I'm also thinking in terms of both this passage and Psalm 1 because I think they're actually bringing us to the same place okay. and where there are, there are two ways, there are two, two trees, mm. there are two fates. Yeah. And the unspoken invitation is... Make your choice. Yeah. Like you you have to decide and not deciding is a decision. But here and that can, I think, feel very weighty and almost kind of crushing. Of, oh, my gosh, the pressure of, of making that right choice. Yeah. But here's, I think, the piece that that is revealed in Matthew that is not yet revealed in, in Psalm 1 is that, yes, that same choice is presented to us. But this time we know that Jesus is the gate of the sheep, right? He is the way. Yeah. He is the vine into whom we are grafted and he is the cornerstone and the foundation. And so 
it is through Jesus that we enter into this this way of life and righteousness and the one who empowers us um, to, to live this way. And I know when I kind of got to the end of this, I was thinking, oh, my goodness, I I can't do this. I mean, this is <laughs> yeah. so hard. Yeah. Like, I simply I'm not capable of being obedient to this. And I was thinking about it. I was like, wait a minute. If I am feel like I, I can't get there, if I'm, I don't know, poor in spirit. Yeah, exactly. Maybe I'm actually going the right way. Exactly. And of course, that brings us right back to where we started. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that when we get to this place and this invitation, the invitation is so inclusive and so generous, right? Jesus says, anyone who comes mm-hmm. to me, anyone who believes in me. So what we don't have to do is work our way into it. We Yes, we are brought to a place when we read this of recognizing I am not, like I am failing at one or many parts of this every single day. But the actual invitation is to recognize, yeah, you're not going to do this without me. And now here is the way. Here is the way. And the way is very, very, the bar, I always say the bar is so low. It's not, Mm -hmm. now the ethic is so high, but the, the bar of entry is, hey, if you know you need me, anyone who comes to me, anyone who believes in me, anyone who recognizes that I am the way, the truth, the life. So there is no other qualifier. And for those of us who maybe have education or, or things or pride that gets in our way, we may want there to be more qualifiers. Mm-hmm. But when you really recognize it, your porn spirit, you are so glad that there are no more qualifiers. All you need to be is weary and done with doing it yourself. And when you get to that place, you can make that choice. And then the rest of our lives is about practicing that choice. So I want to wrap us up. I cannot not finish with these last couple of verses yeah, from come on. Come on. Matthew 7, because I love Let's it. Verse 28 and 29. So when Jesus finished, it says, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority, not as their teachers of the law. And so everything that, Rachel, you brought up with us about connecting back to Psalm 1, about the way that Jesus takes the law and the prophets and he he interprets them and fulfills them in himself and in these stories and in his parables and in these analogies. It is like when people heard it, they were astonished. It was like nothing they had ever heard before. And would God give us the faith to Mm -hmm. open scripture and be able to have the exact same reaction of like, this Mm -hmm. is the ultimate. This is the greatest sermon ever told. This is the smartest human that's ever lived. He's actually telling us how to be and to live a good life. And he's making it possible through his own life, through what he offers us. Yeah. And it it just make I'm compelled to think, man, if this actually is what I think it is, if if Jesus is right about who he is mm-hmm. and about who we are mm-hmm. and about God's kingdom, then the only logical thing to do would be to reorient my life around what he's saying. And to make the choice. Yeah. Yeah. All right, my friends. Thanks for being with us today. We've had so much fun in this series. We're looking forward to seeing you next week. How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you like what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review the podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. 
Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. DLM's Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.